Welcome to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams. She's author of the book, Getting into New York City Kindergarten. It's actually an e-book. Hello, Alina. Hello, Vicki. I'm Victoria Chapman, and I will be facilitating this conversation. And as I said, her book is an e-book. We've been um, discussing many things, but first I want to ask, why is it an e-book? Why not just a hard copy? Because a hard copy basically becomes obsolete the minute it hits the bookshelves. The New York City Department of Education is constantly changing its own deadlines and its own timelines. So what I can do with an electronic book, and I've had to do several times since this process began, is go in and change it. For instance, the latest change is that Kindergarten Connect applications, and we've talked about Kindergarten Connect, that's how you apply to your general ed local public school. They will now open on December 7th. And they will be due on January 15th, which is earlier than they've ever been before. So for parents who are looking at a timeline of what they should be doing, be aware that Kindergarten Connect applications open December 7th. Good thing to know. So as you said, we've talked about Kindergarten Connect, dual language programs, charter schools, magnet programs. And we've also talked about public school gifted programs, um, private and um, private school as well. And um, we're going to delve into that a little bit more today uh, with a couple of interviews. But first, um, the cutoffs, is that what you were talking about with Kindergarten Connect? Is there anything else people need to be concerned about? No. Kindergarten Connect actually has nothing to do with gifted and talented Ah. public school programs. Kindergarten Connect is only for your local general education schools, but dual uh, language programs fall into that and magnet programs fall into that. But Kindergarten Connect is not for gifted programs and it is not for charter schools and it is not for private schools. It is only for general ed schools. And did you... um Is there a reset for cutoffs for citywide and district programs? Well, there is not. The citywide cutoff still remains as of this very moment. As I always say, whatever is true today may not necessarily be true tomorrow with the DOE. But as of right now, the uh, DOE cutoff for citywide, those are Anderson, Nest, TAG, the Brooklyn School of Inquiry, and School in Queens, is still the 97th percentile. Your child has to score above the 97th percentile on an IQ test, and the district cutoff is still in the 90th percentile. But the thing to remember is Hunter College Elementary does not have a hard cutoff. Every year after all the children have taken their tests, then they post what their cutoff is. They take the top 250 kids. So it's not you have to get over this bar to qualify. It's whoever the top 250 were. And the same thing with private schools. Private schools do not have a hard cutoff. That is those private schools that take tests. Some private schools don't require tests. But even the ones that have tests, they don't have a hard cutoff. They admit more holistically. So the test score is really only part of the entire package when you apply your child in a private school. Whereas in public school, that's it. Your score is the only thing that matters. And then it goes to lottery. Okay. Um. Before we get into a little bit deeper about gifted education and the interviews, um, where can we find um, the podcast? I mean, clearly, alinaadams.com, but it live anywhere else? 
The podcast is available. All the past episodes are available where we've talked about um, dual language and magnet schools and gifted schools and private schools and Hunter College Elementary and charter schools. Those podcasts live on alinaadams.com and you can download them as an MP3 or as an MP4, but you can also find them on YouTube. If you go directly to Utah, YouTube and just look for Accepted Secrets of NYC School Admissions, Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you can find all of them there too. Excellent. Okay. Still ahead. The differences between gifted and talented public schools and private schools that offer accelerated curriculum. Alina is going to talk with two experts on the subject. One, Douglas Morris, um, a parent of a child in a public citywide gifted program. He actually made an entire film about the getting into New York City kindergarten process. That sounds intense. And um, Dr. Barbara Tischler, Head of School for the Spire Legacy School for Accelerated Learners. We'll get to that in a moment. Hi there, and welcome back to Accepted, Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams author of the ebook Getting Into New York City Kindergarten. Now, if you've been listening for even a little bit, you have learned that the New York City kindergarten admissions process is not for the faint of heart. A notion that so impressed one parent, Douglas Morse, that he even made a movie about it. The kindergarten shuffle takes parents through the entire process from touring to applications to testing to finally admissions. Alina got a chance to talk with Doug not only about getting his son into the citywide gifted public school, but about his experience there as well. Here you go. Hello, Doug. Welcome to Getting Into NYC Kindergarten. Hello. So let's just jump into the most important topic on the mind of every parent in New York City. Tell us about your movie, Kindergarten Shuffle. Well, the Kindergarten Shuffle arose out of um, our experience trying to get our child into kindergarten in New York City, which was, I think, one of the most stressful things uh, we had ever gone through. And since it's a filmmaker, since I'm a filmmaker and I had been sort of really thinking about these things, I was like, oh, I would actually like to make kind of a docudrama about what the process is like and show people what it's like trying to get your kid into kindergarten and the various things that parents are looking for in various kindergartens. Now, your son ended up at a citywide gifted program which is an accelerated program. Why did you think that was the best fit for him? Well, uh, originally, and I think a lot of parents go through this, you, you're trying to figure out what is best for your family, what's best for your child, of course, and also what will be a good fit for you as parents. And when we originally were considering kindergartens, we wanted to look for something that was more progressive mm -hmm. and sort of very, whether it would be play-based or, or based in working in wilderness or things like this. And then it became apparent as we started touring those kind of schools, which were actually quite great, um, but as we toured them and then realized that our son was an accelerated learner, uh, which became very apparent around when he was three and four, mm -hmm. uh, that that would actually be the wrong kind of place for him and that, that ultimately he and we would not be happy with that sort of education for him. Not that we don't 
value all of those things and want those things as part of our son's education. But the, but the most important thing for us was that he was going to learn at his pace. And that was not going to be, that was not going to happen at those types of schools. You said it became obvious that your son was an accelerated learner. How did it become obvious? And also, as you know, this is New York City. How did you then convince the city of New York that it was obvious? Right. Um, well, let's start with the the second question first. Um, New York City has a as a you know that has their standardized tests that they give to kids to see if they score in the proper percentile. Um, the other thing is we had looked at Hunter, mm-hmm. um, and he scored very highly on that test. So I think by that year, at that year, he missed it by a point. Actually, qualified for the play date slash interview. Right. Well, that's um, that's it for him. One point off. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then. We were also, you know, we took other standardized tests and, and those things sort of confirmed by that time what we kind of knew. Uh, one of the hallmarks of a gifted child is their massive, you know, their, their incredible memory. You know, mm-hmm. they're able to just do, even at a very young age, they're able to remember things that, that you and I might not be able to remember, you know, happening from a year before or whatever. Um, in the film, actually, the kindergarten shuffle, because Zeke, uh, plays himself, mm-hmm. he, he remembered at age four what had happened in a reenactment of a battle um, that they were doing up at um, Fort Triumph Park. He was like, oh, yeah, and those guys die next. I'm like, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> so he must have been your best actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People love his performance. Um, you know, he was very much himself in the movie. Mm-hmm. And when we were recreating the the basically our year of looking for a kindergarten for him, we, we recreated a lot of things that we had done, but I had an actress playing his mother instead of like even me or my wife um, playing his, his parent. And and I really sort of showed, one of the things I wanted to do with the film was was showed what it is like to raise a gifted child and what, what are the things. And, and memory memory is certainly one of them. Um, the, their, their ability to absorb and, and repeat and retain information, um, even at a an extremely young age is, is very apparent. So has the citywide gifted program that you sent your son to, has it lived up to your expectations? Uh, it's been fantastic for him. Um, I think one of the most important things is his peers. I mean, you you walk in there and the, the I remember being in kindergarten going to like those reading groups or whatever and the, the, the brain power of those kids, because that's their talent, right? That's their, their ability to absorb and, and, and deal with information. You can just feel it sort of humming along the hallways and, and, and among these kids. And um, we're, we have a very unique um, situation that last year my wife was on sabbatical and we went to England. And mm. So we went to an England um, uh, state-run school and it was very well regarded. But he was in some who learn at accelerated paces and some who learn um, at sort of a standard pace. And and we could tell that year we knew it was you know it was a risk we took. We we're like, okay, he's not going to get the kind of education he's been getting here. Uh, some of it will be good, but the, the the experience of going to England and making friends there and negotiating and navigating a new culture we felt was invaluable. Right? Absolutely. Yes. He could he could miss he could miss uh, sixth grade to have that experience over there. But it was everything that you would expect in a child that's not challenged properly in a classroom. Um, he just he couldn't understand why the kids didn't 
get things as quickly as he did. Mm -hmm. And he ended up doing the minimal amount of homework because that's all he had to do. And, you know, and then we had, you know, we had discussions with his math teachers and like, he should be doing challenge problems. They're like, well, he's not finishing his regular work. Uh, it turned out he didn't have time to get to the challenge problems because he still had to do the regular problems. And that was, that was frustrating for us because he knew the regular problems, but they still took time to do. So he wasn't right. actually getting to new material. And I, parents struggle with that here in the U.S. too, you know, even, even in gifted schools, gives he's got into a school that shall remain unnamed and he decided not to go there because they weren't going to accelerate him in math and this kid's already in like 10th or 11th grade math even though he's in 7th grade mm -hmm. and so you know you run into that in all programs where where, where where programs won't accelerate kids in the way that they need to be accelerated. And it always seems to be a battle for parents, which is always frustrating. It's like, no, you should just figure out where <laughs> this kid is, whether he needs remedial work, whether he needs work at sort of whatever, quote unquote, a normal pace would be, or whether he or she needs accelerated work. You would hope that the school would be able to accommodate that. But it's not always the case. And parents always have to advocate for their children, no matter where they are on the spectrum or whatever their needs are. So for those parents who it's not enough to be going through the process themselves, they want to relive it in dramatic fashion through you right. and your son, where can they find the Kindergarten Shuffle? Um, the Kindergarten Shuffle is available on my main website at grandfatherfilms.com. Uh, I think it's also on Amazon. Um, you, can, you can Google Kindergarten Shuffle and you, you should find it. And yeah, what, what I did was I wanted to show sort of a multiplicity of perspectives on the kindergarten process. So not only did I recreate sort of our experience of figuring out that we had a gifted child and looking for what would be the best fit for our family. Um, I had a friend who, again, sort of recreated his year, and he actually is an actor, so it was mm -hmm. easy to direct him. And he very much, what was most important to him was that his kid go to a neighborhood school. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was right in his zone, and 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 you've seen the film, so you know that that, that story takes some twists and turns as it can. Uh, I also portrayed sort of a fictional um, mother who desperately wanted to get her her child into a uh, top notch private school. Mm -hmm. So I, I really wanted to show those various um, routes that parents could take, and and figuring out what was best for them and their children. Well, I know The Kindergarten Shuffle is definitely one of my favorite movies on the subject, and I spend a lot of time with the subject, so I highly recommend it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Doug. I very much appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. And I do also want to give a pitch. Um, if someone does order The Kindergarten Shuffle off our website, there's some bonus materials there that I'm just remembering about now that include sort of um, tips and tricks for searching for kindergartens. I think there's some practice tests there. Oh, great. Right. Various, various places, so if people want to look and see what's going on. So those things, um, if you order the film as a digital download from grandfatherfilms.com, uh, those things come through as a PDF as well. Plus, I think there's some extra features, including the interview that we had when we did our screening with you. Oh, terrific. Thank you. All right. I hope people will enjoy that. Check it out, The Kindergarten Shuffle. All right. Thank you. Great conversation. Still ahead, a different perspective. Alina talked with Dr. Barbara Tischler, head of school for the Spire Legacy School for Accelerated Learners. We'll be right back.
welcome back to Accepted, Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams. Now, after working at the top-tier Trinity and Horace Mann schools, Dr. Barbara Tischler is the new head of school of Spire Legacy, a private school for the gifted. Alina had a chance to talk with Dr. Tischler about her school and all that it has to offer. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's talk about Spire Legacy School. Spire Legacy School calls itself a school for accelerated learners. What does this mean? This means that we can help our students to go as far and as quickly as they as they wish to and as their elevated levels of inquiry and excitement and energy about learning will take them. Um, while we would love to have a philosophy of absolutely no limits, we understand that we are a school, but we really also encourage our students to ask questions beyond, not just beyond the obvious, but beyond the questions that, um, that a good, strong student in any other school would think about. So this may mean, for example, um, a curriculum that includes chess and debate that I think a lot of people know about, and we begin in kindergarten, but it also means that we encourage our students to ask critical and probing questions. It's not just about the debate trophies, it's about what was the debate about, what was the discussion. Um, in a sense, in some of my own teaching, I'm encouraging deeper thinking as well as quick thinking, as well as facility. It means that presentation is a part of so many things that we do here, including mathematics. Uh, we use Singapore Math in the lower school and a problem-based approach with our lower and middle school students. So that means that not only does the student solve a problem, but be able to talk about how that solution evolved. Uh, what steps did you take as a, as a problem solver? How did you solve the problem and how might you solve it differently? And what does your solution look like in compared to that of a student right next to you who found a completely different method, a completely different way to get to the same point? So we're a little bit less right answer oriented, I think, than a, a traditional curriculum might suggest. Um, and we also have some students who, who do some pretty exciting uh, project-based work that um, takes them into areas of inquiry that are, are just really very inspiring. You mentioned that you want to sort of take each student to their own potential in their own area of interest. How does that work in a classroom if you have 20 students who all have 20 different interests at 20 different levels? Luckily, we don't have 20 different students with 20 different interests at 20 different levels, but we might have three or four or five. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is where project-based learning really accomplishes a lot of that goal because a student can pick a particular area of inquiry and dive very deeply into it. I'll give you an example from the eighth grade, um, only because it's my class and I'm very, very proud of them. But we've been studying uh, as our project at the beginning of the year issues of freedom. Um, and freedom and human agency, and that has brought us, because it's a 19th century, 19th and 20th century United States history and literature curriculum, obviously to a study of slavery. And not only slavery, but abolition. And a couple of weeks ago, the students uh, participated in a conference on slavery and abolition. And each of my 15 students chose a role to play. So we had Frederick Douglass, Abraham Lincoln, Nat Turner, and Sojourner Truth all in the same room. <laughs> time, along with many others, but their task was not only to do a bit of research and write a personal reflection about their attitudes about slavery, but to come in prepared for 
a good hour and 15 minutes to respond to questions and to talk with each other about how best to deal with this issue of freedom and the absence of freedom for four million people by the outbreak of the Civil War. So it was possible for students to, to go very deeply into this one character. Now that may be, that's one example, for, for instance. Uh, a student might choose to look, I'm trying to think of how we're going to study the Civil War, and we're going to do something very similar by taking a topical rather than just a purely chronological approach. Um, and our teachers in, in science encourage that. They encourage, certainly in the maker's lab, students work individually and in small groups, um, and in, in mathematics as well. So it's a combination of individual energy and passion with collaborative work, which is essential. Students need to be able to learn to work with one another and develop their own strengths as well as the strengths of the group. Um, and then there's the large group. So we're constantly differentiating. I think I have very excited and energized teachers. I understand where at the end of the week they might also be a little bit tired because they work very hard. This kind of teaching is much more challenging. You don't stand up in a classroom and pass out a worksheet. That, that should not be happening here and does not happen here. Uh, but rather, if we do, if we create a worksheet, it's because we've created it for our students for that particular task at that moment. I see in the lower school a lot of students outside our classrooms sitting with a teacher talking about their reading, talking about their writing, um, completing assignments in small groups. Uh, the other thing that helps us to do that, especially in the lower school, is the two-teacher model. And we have, many schools have a head teacher and an assistant. We have two head teachers, ah. which means they are collaborating and spending a lot of their time figuring out how to meet the needs of this diverse group of, of students in their care. So that's pretty exciting. The two-teacher model is really is really a wonderful feature of Spire. A question that I often get when I do my getting into NYC kindergarten workshops from parents is, how is what Spire offers different from what a public school gifted and talented program would offer? I think that the two-teacher, I'd come to the two-teacher model first, that there is going to be more clearly focused attention on the needs not only of individual students but of the of the group. But you have two teachers who are able to, to do that. Our classes are capped at this point at twenty Mm -hmm. which means we have an 11 to 1 student to teacher ratio in the, in the lower school. That's true in, in middle as well at this point. Um, so we have a lot of personal attention. We have, um, in addition, and I think some places have uh, topics like chess and debate, but they are important aspects of our curriculum. Uh, we also are very fortunate, and I know a lot of schools have this as well, but uh, the National Dance Institute mm -hmm. comes to us two days a week. So where some schools might have a great dance program and some schools might have a great chess program and others might have a debate program, we've got all three. That's very exciting. And our kids are very busy and they're very lively. I sat in on an NDI class the other day and I think the workout was better than anything I get in my um, in my aerobics. <laughs> I hope my aerobics teacher's not listening right now. And then another question that I get along those same lines is you have taught at Horace Mann, you have taught at Trinity, you have taught at some of the best school, private schools in New York City. What is the difference between Spire and what a child might get at a school that's considered a top private school? 
schools that you mentioned have great teachers and great facilities um, and wonderful students, absolutely wonderful students. I think we have here at Spire, because of the admissions testing that we do that focuses on a child's intellectual gifts and passion for learning and curiosity, I think we have a smaller range within which we can work. Um, I don't want to talk so much in terms of tops and bottoms, but the schools that you mentioned have a, a broader range within um, within the, the, the context of all of the students in New York City. They've got among the best for sure. I think we have more of a, a group that comes a little bit closer to the top that you might say, um, so that it's possible for students to learn even more from each other, which we know, especially for intellectually gifted, accelerated learners, is absolutely critical. You can have the best teacher in the world, uh, but children also learn a great deal from each other, and they, they pick up on each other's passions, they support them. Um, part of our focus here, as well as on the intellectual learning, is on their social and emotional development mm -hmm. and encouraging one another. And I think the idea that gifted kids can learn from each other is really very special. So this actually leads me straight into my final question, which is what do you look for in a prospective Spire student? The obvious answer is is bubbled in on, on test form, and there's some clear-cut um, things that we're looking for with children who are able to uh, to perform on the kinds of measures that all schools use. Uh, Age-appropriate, of course. We don't test our four-year-olds the way we might test a middle schooler. But I think beyond that, it's a passion for learning and a focus and a clarity that um, that speaks to an enjoyment for being at in being at school and an enjoyment at learning with other children. Our admissions process is multifaceted and it's long and involved and it's very labor intensive. Uh, I would say it's labor intensive for the children and the parents as well because they come, the children come for a two hour simulated class and they participate um, and our parents participate in conversations with our admissions staff um, and then we do a lot of work after the fact evaluating what we've seen. We have detailed notes on the children's interactions with one another and their not only their scores but what they show us as they spend a couple of hours with us. We're not always looking for the child who speaks up quickly or who, who talks the loudest, but sometimes the engaged listener who's kind of sitting in the back of the room watching what's happening and then at a, at a moment that can never be predicted has something to say that we all say, wow, that was super. Um, and that's true in, in class as well. So we're looking for a range of, of kids within this highly intellectually gifted range of students, uh, and we're looking for learners who just love being here. Great conversation, Alina. Anything else you wanted to add? Well, for people who want to learn more about Spire Legacy School, you can check out their website at spirelegacyschool.org. Wonderful. Now, we've got a question from a reader, listener. Um, is there still time to apply to a gifted program for September 2016? We are literally talking about there are only a few hours left. Today is Monday, November 9th. Today, the applications for Hunter College Elementary School are due, and today the applications, the request for testing forms for public school gifted and talented programs are due. If you have any interest in applying your child to either Hunter College Elementary or a public gifted school, such as a citywide or a district, you must get your application in today, Monday, November 9th. And so if you 
downloaded this and you're you're listening to this after the night, then you're going to have to wait until next year. Well, for Hunter, you're done because Hunter only has two entry points, kindergarten and the next time you can apply is for high school, which for them is seventh grade. For public school G&T programs, you're done for September 2016. You can have your child tested again for first grade or for second grade, but do remember that spots are very limited. There aren't even enough spots for all the children who qualify at the kindergarten level, which is the biggest entry point. So the odds of you getting a seat for your child in first grade will really depend on attrition. So your chances become lower, but you can have your child tested again for the following year. Hunter College Elementary and New York City Gifted and Talented Public Schools will be done at the end of Monday, November 9th. So if you snooze, you lose. Yeah, I guess that's not a very gifted way to put it, but yeah. Nobody's in work. I'm gifted. <laughs> okay, so you need to get cracking if you haven't done it, um, if you've been putting it off. Okay, Lena, so where can we find your book? Find you, all the information that you have to share. Well, my book is up on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And if you snoozed, you lose, as you put it, and you missed the deadlines for this year, you definitely want the deadlines for next year. And it's in there. You can also go to alinaadams.com and find out where I'll be giving a workshop next, where, again, I can talk you through the dates and the deadlines so you don't miss it again. Okay. And getting your book gets you access to the newsletter, correct? It does. If you get my book, at the end of it, there's a mailing list, which you can subscribe to. It's a private mailing list, and I send you updates every time that any kind of deadline or a date changes. Wonderful. And trust me, the dates do change, so you really want to make sure you have that book in your arsenal. Okay, well, that wraps us up for today. Um, next week, we're looking at uh, special needs programs. Okay, thanks so much, and... See you next time.